Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined today with a special guest, Allie Mathis. We're from Lifter LMS and this is a special episode where we talk about something important in the learning community called social learning. And over at Lifter LMS, we just released a product called Social Learning. And we wanted to kind of get the conversation going around these topics having to deal with that. So, Allie, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got lots of questions for you. I hope you're ready. I'm always ready. And, uh, <laughs> I think you're you're the the most repeat guest we've had so far. So uh, wow, do I get a special badge or something? <laughs> you get a certificate. Okay. Um, so, uh, but yeah, social learning just rolled out, and uh, you know, for some people, they may be like, "What is that?" or you know, "How do we kind of explore that for the uninitiated?" Okay. Well, um, actually, my first question for you is kind of more if, about where this idea for social learning came from. I've heard it like floated around a little bit in the community. And, and what, what made you guys put this, you know, next on the roadmap for Lifter? For us, our approach to software development, um, when we're really trying to figure out what do we do next, or how do we do online education, we like to look at the real world and see how learning happens, you know, without computers and the internet and then, you know, mirror how that works in reality, but adding in the online format. So when we looked at things like how do people actually learn in most cases or in a lot of cases, they're not completely isolated from other people. And, you know, when I look back on my own life and look at, some of the best learning experiences of my life, it was very much a social thing. You know, I was often with other people, not necessarily in traditional classrooms, but sometimes in a regular classroom setting. Some of the best learning experiences, there was a social piece. It wasn't just about the content. So that's why we, we came to social learning and saw it as a critical missing piece in the online education space. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about what you mean by social learning, because it sounds like a really big concept. So I think it's a mistake when we talk about things like membership sites. You know, we see learning management systems, and especially Lifter, as an evolution beyond just premium content that's locked down. It's an online course tool. So you know, curriculum and content is organized into a path or a learning journey of sorts. But um, there's there's more to learning than just content and organization of content and, you know, tracking of interaction with the content, like with reporting in the learning management system. So that's what, that's what we're talking about here. We wanted to bring in you know, human, more human interaction like we've done with the private areas add-on where it's kind of private between the teacher and the student where they can have a conversation. It's not just about the content or the reporting about how Johnny did on the quiz. Um, there can actually be coaching, which is kind of how learning happens in the real world. Things get a little bit personalized and um, unique and tailored to Johnny. Uh, if you if you care about maximum results, if you're running a like a factory model, you might you know not be into things like private coaching or 
community because these things take more active involvement. But I think, especially in the online space, there's been a little bit of a, um, in some ways, over-glorification of passive income, make money while you're your, you sleep, put your marketing and your product on autopilot and automate everything while you sit back on a beach drinking martinis while people take your course. But that's not how, like, I mean, it's more than just content and people running through a system to uh, reach a learning objective. So the social learning piece just brings in that place where, you know, students can interact with each other and not feel like they're in a ghost town of a, a website just all alone, even though they're not. Mm-hmm. So when I hear the word social, I think of social media, which I think probably a lot of people think of. How do you see this um, social learning plugin in relationship to social media and how much was it influenced by social media, the, the decision to develop this? It is influenced in some ways by social media. If you look at something like Facebook, the way it works the reason Facebook works and does what it does and became so popular is because it, from a grassroots level, is designed to mimic how human relationships happen in real life. So, for example, you have, you know, you know who your friends' friends are, so that maybe they might be your friends, or um, you know, you could t- send your friend a, a private message. You could call them on the phone. You could like talk to them in the street. You could share, like when you go out to dinner with friends in real life, you know, the conversation around the dinner table is kind of like what happens on, a, you know, Facebook posts. People are sharing and then, you know, comments ensue. Good, bad, ugly. The, the thing is with the internet, <clears throat> once you get that baseline, um, you know, your baseline uh, mimetic or sort of uh, mirroring of what's happening in real life in the online format, you also get a little bit of a bionic um, superpower because the internet can do things that in real life we can't, which isn't always better. Sometimes it's worse. Uh, For example, like in Facebook, I believe it's uh, Dunbar's number that, you know, we can really only keep up with like 150 relationships in the in the real world mm-hmm. otherwise we, we just can't keep track of that many people but i've sure. got two thousand friends on facebook and uh, that's all i don't know i actually probably <laughs> have a lot less than that but uh i think there's know, like a, i think the maximum is five thousand but but go ahead <laughs> yeah and then you turn into a celebrity or a page right but um <laughs> But then there's Facebook groups, which is kind of more in line with social learning because it's around a specific topic. In in Lifter LMS land, it's around a course or a membership. But um, yeah, like with just like with Facebook, you know, you could have a conversation with five, two, or one friend at a dinner table, or you know, twenty people, fifty people at a party. But on Facebook, you know, the whole world can come to that party if it's a hot topic, which is good and bad. <laughs> and uh, people right. sometimes lose their filter online, but that's a whole nother topic. But so social learning in Lift Your LMS is, you know, built on a foundation of mirroring how, you know, the best learning experiences happen in the real world. But then, you know, once that's established, we're going for even bigger goals around, you know, how do we take this amazing tool that is the internet 
and connectivity to anybody in the world and, you know, use that, leverage that in a learning context. Mm -hmm. So um, private areas and social learning are both sort of two puzzle pieces of the infinity bundle. How do you see those two things working together in an ideal situation? I think if you're a coach or a leader or, um, you know, a teacher, instructor, whatever you go by, um, you know, a lot of times people build different kinds of learning platforms, but theoretically you can have your cake and eat it too. And what I mean by that is you could have a passive income online course that sells for say, um, you know, a hundred dollars for a course around a certain topic and it's completely automated and people get a lot of great content out of it. And, and you're using the tools in Lift LMS to create a really engaging experience that, people actually complete the course and have fun doing it. Um, but with private private areas, for example, you could offer the course plus coaching. Mm-hmm. Now let's say that includes like weekly training calls and then conversation around some custom exercises or whatever that comes out of that. Let's say that's a thousand dollar program. And uh, by the way, um, you know, in that premium offer, there's also, access to the community or even in the passive version, let's say you could add the community there too. And in that case, um, you know, the, the, your, you could probably raise the price. We all, it's a popular quote in the membership site community community that when people are talking about successful membership sites, they say that, you know, they hear from their students or their members over and over again that people came for the content, but they stay for the community. Mm-hmm. So if you like in a Facebook group, a good one, they take on a whole life of its own, like, you know, conversations around the clock, 24-7. It, it becomes a strong community more than just the person who owned it or started it. Some people might not even know who, who this who started or who the admins are on certain Facebook groups. They just kind of mm-hmm. took on a life of their own. But social learning is more like a, you know, that, but focused around a course or a membership. And, uh, you know, for my own life, if I look at things like some of the, you know, outdoor leadership and wilderness survival type stuff or, you know, exploring uh, some of the far corners of the globe, when I was doing that with other people, what my conversations with those other people while we were in the learning process was a part of the learning process. And that's the entire point of social learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so with private areas, we use the example when it launched a lot, we talked a lot about how um, like, for example, it was a great fit for, for everybody really, but for like health and wellness Um, based people. Is there a certain like niche that you see social learning being most applicable to? And can you give us all some examples of of some ways some instructors might be able to, like if I have a course now, how would I want to start integrating this to make my course even better? Yeah, I think it's really applicable to just about every niche. The only place it doesn't fit is where privacy is just trumps everything. So if it's if people who are in the course don't want other people, they don't want to talk to anybody, they want to get the material, they want to get the content, uh, but they want it to be totally anonymous, social learning is not for that. But even in some places where you think that might not be the case, um, 
you know, there is an opportunity there as long as trust is built. And I'll give some examples. So the three main niches that I like to talk about are health, wealth, and relationships. And if we look at health, uh, I was just listening to a podcast the other day. If I remember that which one it was or the name of it, I will um, I will mention it as I'm talking here. But <clears throat> there was a guy, it was on the James uh, Shramko podcast, which is called Super Fast Business. And he okay. was interviewing one of his members about... Um, he had, this particular member had started a membership site focused around a particular, I believe it was an autoimmune disorder. So basically a health issue. And okay. he had found some ways to work with that issue um, that allowed people to get off medication and get some forward progress, not heal entirely, but have a much higher quality of life. Gotcha. And he kind of created a course around that. And then um, he had some co a coaching element involved in that. And then he, um, just when he was about to like kill the entire project because um, just the coaching was totally out of hand, he had a, a, like a forum group uh, where people could interact with each other, but they weren't really using it. And just as he was about to kill it because it was totally unsustainable, all of a sudden the community people started talking to each other and using the forum and then it took on a whole life of its own. And now, you know, there's leaders in the community who, who like help people and point people back to conversations that had already happened about certain things. Mm -hmm. so that's, that's an example in the health space. Um, I think a classic example in the wealth space would be like the entrepreneur, especially the newer entrepreneur or startup where if I have a course about, you know, how to start freelancing as a, you know, WordPress agency, um, I could create a course like that and I could provide coaching about that. And also it's possible to have, you know, I, I, I know when I was beginning as a, as starting as with my own agency, I would have loved to have like a community of, three, five, 10, a thousand, 10,000 other people doing the same thing. And if we look at um, some of the private communities around that, like Troy Dean's WP Elevation comes to mind. That's a, you know, a huge community. He has courses, membership. I don't know if he does coaching, but it's a thriving community of people running WordPress agencies. He calls them WordPress consultants. Mm -hmm. So that's an example. Uh, in the relationship space, um, if we go to something like the parenting niche inside of relationships, you know, first time parents, you know, lots of questions, you can have a course like, you know, one of the most popular books in the bookstore is what to expect when you're expecting almost everybody gets that book at some yep. point, if you're going to become a parent, I don't know if those guys have a course or not, but they could. <laughs> and then, you know, a community of people and could like form around parenting topics. And I think that's an important one too, to note um, just like, uh, not like the health example I described, but especially with this parenting example, communities can be just temporary. So you're only like a new parent, like for a little bit. Right. <laughs> or, right. you know. Yeah. Some people, I mean, some people have lots of kids and they keep going through it, but <laughs> they may not need the community that 
they needed before they had their first one. It might not be as important. Yeah, so absolutely. I think, I think the concept of a temporary community is also really cool, which is which ties into something that I believe in with courses and memberships is I'm not actually a fan of lifetime access. Um, Why not? I think, it's, I think it's cool, but if a learning, like a course does its job or a community does its job, it's in most cases, it's not for forever. I mean, like family and stuff like that is forever, uh-huh. but you know, you're only like an emerging startup for a certain amount of time, or, you know, you're only a first time parent for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So th- and there are cases for lifetime, but I think when we think about things like coaching, private coaching and private and private communities, um, it takes a lot of the stress off of the site owner or the course creator um, to not necessarily feel like you have to commit to lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, because if your stuff is good, you're going to help people get the result they came for. And they don't necessarily need to um, hang around forever. Right. Um, so I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago about, you know, having like thousands or tens of thousands of people interacting on your site. And this is a question we hear a lot. So I want to touch on it. What about hosting and system requirements? If you're, if you're going to add something like social learning to your lifter site, um, you know, do you need to worry about different system requirements? Do you have a hosting recommendation? Um, is it going to crash my site if I add it? You know, those sorts of questions. Can, can you touch on those? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's important just at a high level when you look at your website, is it like a brochure, like a marketing site that has like 5, 10, 20 pages and a blog on it for, that helps promote your offline business or whatever? Or is the website the business? Because if the website is the business, it needs the respect. It's not, it needs the respect that it deserves which means it needs a good home. It's more than just a brochure in a rack that you walk by on your way into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's your actual, it is the restaurant. Right. <laughs> so, and oftentimes when the website is the business, uh, by its, the very nature of it, it's more than just information. It's more complicated. It's more of what we would consider a web application. So that being said, that's why I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, manage WordPress hosting that has a staging environment, backups in place, um, you know, quality technical support that you can contact when you do have problems. Uh, one of the reasons that we built social learning from the ground up, uh, we've always integrated with a tool called BuddyPress, which is a free WordPress plugin that kind of creates like a Facebook in a box. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to create social learning from the ground up for many reasons, just mostly to focus it like a laser around the needs of learning in a community for courses and memberships and have no extra bloat, if you will. But um, the other reason is when we do that, uh, the, the plugin can remain as light as it can be or the code, which means you can, it's not as hard on the server as something that does more than you need. Um, But that being said, if you're going to have what makes a website heavy or more complicated, more features, lots of users and lots of user interactions. So the community is definitely going to create more interactions. So 
I would just simply recommend a scalable hosting solution like WP Engine for your platform that can scale up with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, usually a 10,000 commu- person community doesn't happen overnight. Usually it's you and your mom and your friend. And then as it goes, you'll notice if your site slows down or the hosting company contacts you and lets you know that you're getting, you're starting to use up too many resources and you can grow with you. But mm-hmm. a good managed WordPress host is affordable to get in with and then can grow with you. And then gotcha. it's up to you as the entrepreneur to design an offer so that you can cover your expenses as you grow. Okay. And, and so speaking of BuddyPress, there are a lot of Lifter users out there that are currently integrating with BuddyPress. What happens to them when social learning comes along? Do they have to pick one or the other? That's a great question. Um, so there, And there's also BBPress, which is a forum software. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about, I think it's about thinking about where do you want your community? Do you want it on BuddyPress, which is kind of like Facebook in a box with friends and all these other things? Do you want to just use forums for your community? Now, a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people talk about this, but I see a lot of dead forums. And the reason for that is forums are really hard to get going. And some people, especially non-technical people, aren't really comfortable or familiar with how forums work. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want your community not even on your website? You can totally have a course on your site and then have a private Facebook group and you're good to go. Sure. Or you could have something like social learning on your site. So if you want, if you're already using BuddyPress uh, or BBPress, um, you just have to decide. I would say try it out, see what you think. I could definitely see a case for keeping forums, but using Lifter for the social. Uh-huh part you know because forums are more organized and structured whereas you know think about facebook it's just a feed and you know it just kind of goes and goes and goes and goes where a forum can be more structured and organized around topics and that sort of thing right right so but buddy press is great it's not going away as an integration and it can work for people who, who are happy with it they don't need to worry about that right okay um Great. And where do you see, you know, as a last question, where do you see the Infinity Bundle going after now, you know, now that we've launched private areas and social learning, what are the next sort of steps? The next steps are, first of all, we're always improving on what comes before. So you've likely seen the first version of social learning and, you know, new updates roll out. Like in Lifter LMS, uh, I don't know how many hundreds of versions of the software have rolled out. So things will continue to evolve with those. But in terms of what comes into the focus after social learning um, is another key piece about how we learn in the real world, which is um, through feedback and assessments and quizzes. So we're going to be working on our evolving the quiz system to have more question types, both automated and uh, ones requiring manual grading. Which then again comes back to like, how does learning happen in the real world? Well, a lot of times you can't automate the student evaluation, there's an actual instructor or coach or leader there who's going to, you know, qualitatively evaluate whatever the, the test was. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to be uh, unpacking that whole animal next. Cool. It's exciting. That's one I've seen in the community a lot that requests. So it'll be yeah. a fun one to unpack. Absolutely. Well, thanks for answering my questions. 
I give you an A. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate that. That's some good questions. Yeah. And if anybody out there listening to this has any questions about social learning, trying to figure out if it's right for you, um, just head on over to lifterlms.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the website. You can see where you can contact us and just shoot us whatever questions you have. In the spirit of social learning, uh, come on over to Facebook and join the Lifter LMS VIP Facebook group. If you haven't yet, that's our social community on the web. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of action over there and good conversations to get involved with if you are passionate about online courses, membership sites, learning management systems, and creating engaging learning platforms. So Allie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anytime. (laughs) We'll have to do it again this time and you can keep your record. Yeah. um, Oh, yeah. Leaderboard. You know, I'm very competitive. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Chris. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you in the next one.